Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Josh Brown, it's day four of Elden Ring being in this world, and already we're about to disagree. Now, we'll see how we go. <laughs> this is The Wind-Up. I'm Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Hello, Scott Tilford. We're diving in to From Software's latest masterpiece, and it is very much a masterpiece. We are largely aligned on our thoughts on Elden Ring. It is absolutely an incredible game. It's very much what we played all weekend long. Um, I'm about 13 hours in. You're about 15 hours in. But the fascinating thing, um, and the thing that we're just going to sort of pick apart, is um, that we're oh, we're always playing different games. There yeah. was like, you didn't find, and we're not going to do spoilers for this either. We're going to um, very much skirt around um, specifics. I think it's worth touching on some stuff because a lot of the value of this game is just seeing what you can find in this insanely detailed open world. Um, and so we'll talk around stuff because I want to share some different things that I found. I want to talk about what you found and how you found the game. Um, but if there's anything where it's like, no, you really need to see this for yourself, both for either of us or the people listening, um, we won't do specifics. Hopefully that's a nice enough way to skirt around spoilers um, because the world itself is the big pull. Um, and so we're going to see how we go. Yeah, what, what's your opening thoughts on the old Elden Ring? And um, we'll get to the disagreement soon enough. Yeah, so, I mean, Scott, you you know I was hyped for this since, you know, it was first announced, even before mm. it was announced, when it was just a rumor that George R. R. Martin was teaming up with um, FromSoft to deliver a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into it, obviously, the hype was astronomical. You were seeing the reviews um, last week, because we didn't get a review copy. You know, we were just playing it fresh mm-hmm. with everyone else. Uh, you know, the reviews are like 10 out of 10 across the board. You know, you've got this level of anticipation. So Be- going Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, <laughs> one of the best reviewed games of all time. Exactly. You know, it had an insurmountable level of hype almost, but as soon as you go into it, and you know, like you said, you know, I've played 15 hours, it's just uh, immaculate is kind of the <laughs> word I want to throw around uh-huh. because, you know, it's got its grips in me in, in a way that I love it when a video game just like gets in your brain. You know, it's all, so, I, all I want to do, all I want to play, all I want to think about. Yeah, I had, I had a, well, this is, this will be, this will get to the crux of where we sort of differ, I think, in terms of um, the thing that made me go, okay, I get it. And I just want to just play it left. I don't want to do anything other than drink this game in, um, which is that the game opens very safely. It opens as a Dark Souls game. It opens in a small um, chamber, you're sort of going through a dungeon and it takes a little beat before you get out into the open world. You do like a one a standard Soulsian first boss where I just st- stood there, I was like, kill me because I know, and then, <laughs> and then it triggered the cutscene and then we did the actual thing. I was like, yeah, because it's Genichiro. It's, it's the same thing that we always do. It's the Asylum Demon. Um, I'm going to get killed and I'm just like, can we do the actual game now? And so at the very beginning, I was like, oh my God, this is Soulsy as hell. Like to the point where you can't even, you know, um, compare items that you're buying at the merchant. We've gone back to 2011. They've forgotten <laughs> the advancements they did 
integrated in Dark Souls 2 and 3 and, and everything. And so that was my initial thing. And like, the AI is very basic. Uh, it's very similar as Dark Souls. And so for me, I was like, man, this is so similar. But to the point where I was like, it has to be intentional. They must be playing a card. And they want me to feel like this is, this is Dark Souls 101 and something will come along. And so the way that this game generates stuff, it seems like open world triggers just kind of happen. You get different cutscenes based on, assumedly, how many different times you've died or which bonfires you activate. I'm going to call them bonfires and souls. Yeah. They're not um, grace points and runes, like <laughs> blood echoes and bloodborne. They're bonfires and souls, guys. Like, you invented the Soulsian genre. Let's just nail it down. But the thing that um, blew it wide open for me was when you do get the horse, when you get torrent, um, and you, like, in a wider sense, you start getting summons, which are like a nice little uh, single-player equivalent of getting an actual player in to help you during a battle and stuff. But it was the torrent stuff that made the open world really come alive because it means you're moving way faster. The combat is way more mobile. And you feel a lot more confident taking stuff on. And it also looks incredible if you start taking on a dragon on horseback. Yeah. Um, which is one of the first moments alongside when I fought like this big um, golem looking thing that came to life, came out of a field, just stood up. And I was like, oh, I guess, well, I guess I'm in this now. <laughs> um, but it was the horseback combat that was the big differentiator. And it sort of made me um, step back from the overall design and go, okay, there are five main areas, I think there are five, maybe six, main areas in terms of the lords you need to go and take out. That's almost like five little Dark Souls games, like peppered around the open world, but in, inside. Do you know what it reminds me of? Go on. You know that Pizza Hut cheeseburger pizza? Yes. It's it's that, if that was a game. I didn't like that. No, me neither. No, no, I'm talking like the, the layout of it. Like you've I got see. this, this massive layers. thing in the middle, big open world, yeah. and then you've got like like little dotted around the outside, uh, cheeseburgers, but also castles. And so it was that thing where I was like, there are many Dark Soulsian levels, let's say, around the outside. Um, two trailer park girls but at the same time you can spend ages in the middle bit on horseback you know, yeah. exp exploring finding the dungeons cooperatively uh, summoning people in and that was the thing where I was like it's you've completely switched it you uh, you wanted me to think that you were playing things safe but you've actually broken it way up first off I want to say that um, that analogy there of it being the <laughs> Pizza Hut uh, cheeseburger pizza is such a Tim Rogers esque um, <laughs> thing I can picture that in one of his um, action button videos being like <gasps> Elden Ring Pizza Hut cheeseburger but yeah. you're absolutely right you know um, when you get Torrent and you finally realize just how big the scope of the open world is and you have this way of getting around it so much faster than you can on foot mm. like the game completely changes but it's funny because going into it you know having that opening stretch which is just very classic Soulsian yeah. like I was thinking man it's been a long time since you, I've had you one of these. Me and you were like, oh, I'm, I'm loving this. I'm yeah. loving how familiar this feels. Whereas I was like, I just played Dark Souls 1 the night before, and this is exactly the same thing. I, I, like Mechanically, it obviously is, but there's, it's like it's like a genre in itself mm. in the same way that like kind of Zelda is. You know, you kind of mm. go into a new Zelda and you expect to see, you know, similar structures, similar beats, things repeating itself. Mm. And for me, Souls games are always like that. And while I loved Sekiro, that was a step kind of like beyond into a, a newer sort of version of it. Yeah. Whereas this is, very much like classic Dark Souls like you said and I just thought I am so pleased that I'm getting another one of these and uh, then it has this whole other layer on top I think it's really telling that you know in our 15 hours together we've done completely different things we've had completely different focuses like I spent all of yesterday more or less like six or seven hours just in Stormview Castle which right. is the first um, big kind of like dungeon I suppose where you're instructed to go you know as soon as you walk out into the open world you see it on the hill some guy says go there that's when it feels like a, like a Dark Souls game like it yeah. feels like a, a traditional Dark Souls totally. game totally and that's kind of what drew me because while mm. I've really enjoyed the open world stuff for me it's the level of detail in those dungeons right. that I was just like this is insane like that Stormview Castle 
is so dense and so vertical that you could be on there for hours mm. and hours just finding shortcuts, finding secrets, and all that jazz. With the addition of a jump button, yes. I think that changes everything. Like there, <laughs> there have always been shortcuts, there have always been secrets in Dark Souls games, but adding that jump in mm. means you can get to places that you could only kind of like imagine before. And it's it, like the the game developers know that, and they've gone mad with it. Like there are so many <laughs> hidden nooks and crannies in that castle, and I was like. I might never leave it. I honestly, the, the the pure architectural side, like it's one of those overlooked things in video game design that a lot of teams hire architects to build levels. Like it needs to make like geographical 3D logical sense. And that was one of the things that Dark Souls always excelled at, especially in the first one, which is why Dark Souls 2 fell off. Cause it was like, oh, well I'm going down an elevator and then I'm after the sky of like, I'm, you know, I've got a cave and it didn't really make sense in terms of an actual 3D space in Dark Souls 2. But the architecture of that castle is insane. It's one of the things that you get an art card for if you buy the, the fancy edition and mm-hmm. stuff. But the thing is with me, like, um, I love that space. I think the law backs it up as well, like knowing yeah. that it's J.R. Martin sort of did put, you know, put together some custom law for it um, and finding out about like the Elden Ring is all shattered and all these lords that were used to rule over everything, the Great Order as it was referred to, and now they've all gone mad because it's a FromSoft game and whatever, and not knowing what you're going to find in this big insane castle, which is bolstered by the fact that it towers over this massive landscape that you've already been in. Um, and then find, did you find that weird butcher thing that lives in the basement? Uh, like the kind of amalgamation of flesh and yeah, yeah, things yeah. that attack All the you. limbs, yeah. all the different experiments he's been doing, or it's been doing, whatever the hell that thing is. I love finding stuff like that. I was like, there's a little, that's, that's a Bloodborne yes. like, nod almost, even though we had like crazy dudes in other Dark Souls games. But like, you know, FromSoft and Miyazaki, they're not afraid to get twisted. And I was like, this is really disturbing and messed up and great. And it's awesome. Thing is though, I didn't mainline that castle uh, like until last night. I did about 11 to 12-ish hours just exploring everywhere else because as soon as I got Torrent, and, uh, and I'm playing as a samurai, we'll get to the characters in a bit or our builds in a bit. Um, I was like, well, I'm on horseback. I, can, um, I feel way more formidable when I'm going up against these bigger creatures. And that's the thing that for me blows it wide open is that in other Souls games, you would see something huge like a dragon yeah. and be like, well, I can't fight that yet because I'm one hit and I'm down. But on horseback, you now have a level of mobility, and the fact that Torrent has a double jump, um, you know, you can you can dance around bigger enemies in a way um, that you really couldn't beforehand, or at least you couldn't in, in earlier Souls games until you were way more leveled up. So immediately, I my brain went to like, well, I'm going to go back and I'm going to fight that giant that I saw on the mountainside. I'm going to go back and I'm going to fight that dragon, um, and in a dynamic sort of sensibility, like maybe you're picking up crafting materials on the way, you're fighting other enemies and stuff. But when I when I took on Agil, which is the first dragon, the ancient dragon or whatever it's called, in the starting lake. Um, to the right of where you first open the game, and um, that was like incredible. Like the music, the music knows what it's doing. The score comes in. You like you just go into this big duel, and I was like on horseback. It was like Shadow of the Colossus style, and um, with better combat. And I was just like, this is this is Elden Ring. Like yeah. this is what differentiates it from just being open world Dark Souls. Like you know, it's it's very much its own thing at that point. You're absolutely right. I mean, you know, I, th- I think the, the 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 crux of this is that we both really like like the open world. We both yeah. like Torrent. It's just for me. Um, at this moment in time, you know, 15 hours in, the thing I love about Souls games is putting together the pieces of a puzzle. Like, I almost mm. view the level design as a jigsaw. Like, you're yeah. you're going into a space, and for me, the enjoyment and the reward comes from taking this impossibly large um, environment, this impossibly large dungeon or level, and piecing it together until I have mm. total mastery over it. And Stormview Castle gave me that in such a, 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 a pristine way that I was like, this is what I love about it. <laughs> Whereas the open world stuff, while great, it's like the unknown. It's mm. doing the exact same thing as that you're still piecing together how the world works how you can get shortcuts how you can get to there and there but it's on such a grand scale that it's almost intimidating at least it was for me where oh, i'm yeah, thinking yeah. i can spend hours and hours 
getting pieces of the puzzle, but I'm not seeing the shape of it yet, which is obviously intentional, mm. but, um, you know, is a pure personal preference thing and why I haven't taken to the exploration maybe like you have is because uh. I get that in miniature with the dungeons themselves, whereas the, the game is so big, the open world is so has such a massive scope mm. that it's going to take a long time for those puzzle pieces to come together. But well, these are exciting. This whole thing is our, our very much our mentalities where, as where we are right now as game critics or whatever the hell we are in this cultural space <laughs> because I need new stuff. Yeah. Like, I am sick of old stuff. And so, like, I, I don't... The whole 20-year nostalgia pull that Hollywood's doing, I don't care. Like, and, and everything... I, just, I need new things. I need reasons to exist going forward. So, for me, it wasn't about, you know, treating it as another Souls. It was like, okay, what's the new stuff? Okay, it's Torrent, it's Summons, it's the open world. Um, it's see that thing over there, see if you can get there. Um, and it's the different um, mobility options that you have on Torrent that get you up onto stuff that you maybe you wouldn't be able to do if you were just on foot. So I dove headfirst into that stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with getting lost in it being a Dark Souls course, game. Yeah. But for me, I was like, I want to see what what makes this thing tick. Like, you know, what have you added to this thing? And so I went off and started just to just pick a direction and go. And I was finding, like, um, different NPCs. There's this, like, rich regal dude who's like, oh, everyone's taking over my, uh, my castle. I need you to go and take care of that. So I went and he was, oh, it's down to the south. And I went, like, through a forest. I found an overgrown sloth bear thing right. that killed me in, like, one hit. And then I went round him and I went down to the castle. And uh, I'm not going to give away, I'm not really giving away specifics, but overall, um, a giant arrow came out of the mist and hit next to me. And so I had to navigate this, like, what even was throwing that right. uh, thing? And I'm not going to what that was. But um, things like that where I was like, okay, you've built this game to be taken in, in any order. And like the, the waypoint system, and we, will, we should also say that there'll be audio on the channel, uh, the audio feed, um, from the video that we shot this morning where we talk about what makes Elden Ring worth its Metacritic score and worth um, the overall hype as it is right now. Um, but not to repeat too much of that stuff. But it is that thing of, you know, the more I deviated from the critical path, the more I just kept finding stuff yeah um whether it was um you know like a secret uh, boss battle you go like down a weird chasm and then there's this thing just coming at you over and over again um and i love how they've changed the respawn so if you die you're just there you can just keep going gets rid of one of the most annoying frustrating parts of souls like a corpse run and uh beating that thing getting its weapon getting its abilities um or discovering the entire underworld of the map itself like and then i'm not gonna go into details about that but it's like the size of it is insane. Yeah, and like yeah, every yeah. square inch of it is just meticulously detailed. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's that sense of wonder and that sense of um, discovery mm. while you're out that makes the open world just such a valuable element. Because even though, like, I, I'm definitely with you. You like, I'm pleased this isn't just another Dark Souls. That's definitely yeah. what I want. I want something new. And uh, when it comes to the open world, it is that kind of sense of you have no idea what's behind mm. the next corner or what's behind this curtain. And <laughs> you know, you can might stumble into one area right at the very beginning that takes you to an end. Game game area, you know, like in a yeah. classic Soulsian fashion. Things triggered parts of the day as well. Like, yeah. I, I had a boss pop up during the night that I assume is not available during the day. It was like an area that I've been farming. There's an area that you can uh, jump up onto and there's like seven giants all wandering around at the same time. I was like, well, I'm going to cleave through all of you because I, I have my horse. Yeah. And, uh, and I slowly did that and then I was like, cool farming spot and then I went back again and this thing was there that wasn't there before and I was like, okay, you're, I see, the game's like, I see you. I uh -huh. see exactly what you're doing and we're going to put something here so you can't keep doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's, 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 it's that man like that's what makes it so enjoyable to play and talk about you know because mm. truthfully like i'm wanting to go into this game knowing as little as possible i don't want to know anything about anything <laughs> and i know that's why and scott because scott has all of these really I'm really good podcast, stories Josh. and he's trying to do a podcast now i'm looking at him like don't you tell me anything <laughs> don't you tell me anything about this game i want to experience all for myself and that's because it's just i feel almost um like i just want to 
It's my meal, and I don't want to share it with anyone else, <laughs> if that makes sense. Josh That's doesn't share food. Josh doesn't share food. These are my French fr- fries. Yes. And no one's getting even the ketchup off them. <laughs> uh, but that's just a, like a testament to how well the game is designed and how much it gets you in that world. Because, yeah, you, you want to experience these things. You want to uh, kind of like just go off the beaten mm. path, go off the critical path, like you said, mm. and see how the world reacts. And when it reacts in such a granular way, like you said, uh, depending on the time of day, depending on what you've done, like it has all of these surprises, mm. and I can't believe that I'm only 15 hours in. And how how is this going to sustain a full game? You know, this has taken way longer than mm. any of the other From Software games mm. so far. But you can tell, man, like they've not wasted that time whatsoever. This was well, worth the wait. Yeah, there was that whole thing about all the people who did get access to it for the review period, and they must have got given it at the start of the week, and they tried to crunch through and re- and get the uh, videos edited and reviewed and whatever else. And there was on launch day, there was all the different reviewers just saying like well like I think uh, IGN I forget who reviewed it for uh, IGN but they put about 90 hours in in that one week and managed to hit credits or whatever it was but a lot of other people just said it's huge and it just keeps going and one thing that you notice when you start exploring is that um, the open world map you have to find map fragments to bulk out the actual sketch that you're using as the map Um, but that zooms out like I've never seen that before it's such a subtle way of of letting you know like because the first time you pause and you go well that's a sizable map um, I assume that's what it is and the first time you're um, standing there on one of the precipices one of the mountains sides it looks like you can see the edge it looks like you see where the cliff is um not the case at all like the the more you get towards those cliffs there's more and there's more and there's more yeah and once you start finding those map fragments and you hit pause again um the map will have zoomed out and the area that you start with you realize is one tenth of the whole thing i've still not mapped everything no um but i'm trying to um and one place that you finally get to after you be um the second main boss if you're following the main path um you come out you come upon another precipice of a hill and the game just goes it's like flopping itself down again <laughs> just going like oh you thought that was the but here's another entire map that is now in front of you it's ludicrous yeah totally i mean i did a similar thing where obviously you get the map for the first area mm. and like you said you know when you go on the map screen it seems limited to just that first area you can't zoom out and like look at the mm. fog like you can on another open world game uh here like you know you just have that what you've unlocked mm. so i went to like the edge of the map where i thought it was the edge of the map uh looking at the, um, what do you call them, roads, like, leading out, like, yes. bridges leading out, and then I couldn't believe that. Hang on, this didn't, it didn't end here. There was way more beyond there, because, uh-huh. like, it's the classic sort of open-world video game promise that anything that you can see here, you'll, you will go to see at that, some point. you can die there. Yeah, you can see that, you can die there, and you'll even go to places that you can't see, like, mm-hmm. you know, the alternate dimensions or whatever, other places and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it's that, like I said, that level of discovery, that level of detail to the map design, that, to me, is, makes this, like, a spiritual successor to Dark Souls 1, because Mm -hmm. Dark Souls 1, I knew was a special game. I knew I was playing one of my favorites of all time when that map design clicks in and you realize everything's connected. Oh, yeah. And I remember one... One place, remember, I can't remember the exact name, but you start in, like, an a, a area full of lava. You eventually make your way up to, I think it's the Tomb of the Giants where yes. everything's really dark. Mm. There's one point where you can look down from where you just moved from, and mm. I thought, that is unreal. That yeah. is connecting a sense of space. These aren't just levels. These aren't just biomes. These are connected in a way that I hadn't seen before, and I've always wanted to get that feeling again. Mm. And Elden Ring gets it in a different way because the scope is so much bigger, and you just think, like, you're just overwhelmed by mm. stuff to do. It's really weird because... Because in that regard, this strangely feels like the sequel to Dark Souls. Yeah, like, I love the, uh, the everything FromSoft's done, and like, and I put a 
hundreds of hours into these games, but there's something about Elden Ring that is so channeling the original Dark Souls. Like, it makes you reappreciate how identifiable that first installment was. Um, obviously, Dark Souls 2 went through the whole thing where it wasn't Hidetaka Miyazaki. It was given to, like, the, the B team, ostensibly. And then he came back in and they re-released it, Scholar of the First Sin or whatever. And then Dark Souls 3 was almost like a victory lap for the series, um, like, coming after Bloodborne and stuff. And I like Dark Souls 3. I think it plays really, really well. Um, and I enjoyed it, but it was like, Dark Souls 1 has that kind of macabre, twisted, you really don't know what's around the next corner. Everything's kind of a wash in like pestilence and everything's decaying and it like it has so much of an identifiable feel um that I don't think they've gone back to that much but this feels like that like even when you're in the open world everything is falling apart like even the giants have um big like wounds on them or there's like yeah. um, you know pieces of the um a former castle or a former ruin are just strewn everywhere it's like this place has been lived in things have gone wrong and you're arriving here to um you know piece things together become the next elden lord or whatever um we should talk about difficulty stuff because I haven't died that much I like mm -hmm. and like some of that is because I just know how to play a Souls game at this point and it's weird because I wonder if a, a it's a negative for some people that you know you, you can't just turtle around enemies you can't just dodge back twice go in when it's your time they don't push you at least in the first 15 hours they don't push you out of that mindset and I know it's a hard line for them to walk because it will be a lot of people's first Souls game quote unquote um, but how have you found the difficulty in it because I remember I think it was launched that you tweeted um, like the uncut gems thing yeah I'm like this is how I die or yeah. where, where I die and um and I'm not doing a flex, even though it's, I'm overdue a flex because of how much you've done <laughs> Hades and Sifu. But I managed to beat Margaret second time and then um, beat uh, Godric like the third time or whatever. I did summon for the third time for Godric, but it was still a very much a group effort. But yeah, how, how have you found the, the feeling of difficulty? Um, it's funny because you mentioned Dark Souls 3 there being a victory lap, right? And I fully agree. Like, I really enjoyed Dark Souls 3. But if mm. you had played Dark Souls 1, 2, Bloodborne, or whatever else they released by that time, like, you knew how to play that yeah, game. That yeah. game was not really that difficult, really, if you had it down. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was always kind of wondering, like, how are they going to get over this? Because this this formula now is so identifiable. We've had so mm -hmm. much practice replaying and playing these games over and over again. Like, how are you going to make this challenging? And Elden Ring kind of answers that in a way. Like, I found it easier than I anticipated to mm -hmm. find it mm -hmm. because, like you said, you've got that muscle memory. You've got that knowledge of how to play these I games because we played Sifu as well. Like, you're, yeah. you're in a mindset of, like, just reading enemy animation. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I 
both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. That's it as well, but I think this kind of counteracts that, and the reason I was dying so much early on is because the way that the world is designed, it kind of takes the first kind of area of Dark Souls, you know, when you have the option to go down the catacombs. I was just going to mention that, yeah, yeah. And you encounter the skeletons, and the absolutely <laughs> well, you wreck Yeah, Well, I did, <laughs> and I was like throwing myself over and over at those skeletons for hours and hours, uh-huh. thinking, this must be the way I have to go. I didn't find another path, and then eventually I learned the lesson of, this can't be right, this can't be this hard, and then you explore. Uh-huh. This takes that approach to the open world of you can go anywhere but you're going to encounter some tough as nails enemies and Mm -hmm. you kind of have to figure out and feel out where is appropriate for you where you are so for instance as soon as you get into the open world in Elden Ring you can turn around and you can go down to the beach but there's a giant there and then you just kind of have to think well I'm not going to fight that dude yet with the Mm -hmm. little stick I have obviously (laughs) like you said you come into the encounter that um, boss on the um, mount obviously you don't have a mount at that point so you think well Mm -hmm. that's off limits and it was kind of feeling out that that um, was the most diff- not difficult in a good way, you mm. know, the most challenging thing and why I kind of died so much because, you know, you want to fight them. Oh, you yeah. see a giant in the distance, you got to go, even if I am underpowered, I want to give this thing a go just to see what the crack oh, is. Oh, totally. Like, see what animations it has. See yeah. If it invo- but it's, oh, it's a stomp animation, it's a charge animation, like, yeah. whatever. With the giants, um, obviously, they have that second state where one of the things with the horse combat um, is that I think it, it, it both makes and breaks the game. Like, I found that I can cheese my way through every single fight on the horseback because you can always evade, you can always double jump out of there and get away and um, there's only been a there's only been one phase of a creature that chased me down which was really intimidating and brilliant when it happened yeah and um, which was just that giant second phase where they produce the sword from their back um, and they do bigger wider wider attacks but they also have a move where they just sprint at you until they grab you um, and even if you're circling and snaking away from them um it just gets you anyway and i was like that's brilliant because i need you to close me down i need more creatures to do that um but like i said it, it's almost like that almost breaks the game but at the same time um that's what i love doing that's thing that I've like enjoyed the most doing is just like running up on horseback, swiping through like seven dudes and doing Loki and Thor Ragnarok. Like that's how it feels. Like, <laughs> Cause in Sekiro, like the third boss or whatever it was, yeah. was that horseback guy. And we all know what it's like getting punked by someone on horseback in a FromSoft game or a Ninja Gaiden game or something like that. And so that power dynamic, like I said, it feeds into that idea of like giving you a little bit more. And I know that they said before launch that um, the game was still going to be very challenging, but they made it less stressful. And it was like a weird, like nuanced thing to pick apart that we just 
just have to figure out as we get there. But I think I know what they mean. I think I know yes. what Miyazaki means. Um, there's not, and he said it would be less frustrating. It would just be more challenging. And like, I'm not frustrated with Elden Ring. When I die, I know, like, rare, like at the minute, it's rare. Thankfully, it's rarely. But like, I know at the minute when I die, why I died. And um, and it's like, and you know what systems you're figuring out, and you're not corpse running for five minutes to get back to the place to die again. Yeah, they've, 100%. Up, they've, you know, they've improved those things. Um, we should also fold in um, the character builds because you want to talk about because like, the, the character builds feel way more differentiable this time. Yeah. Um, where and they kind of always were, but like at the same time, I'm playing as a samurai, which means I have tons of stamina. I start with a uh, uchikatana and I start with a bow, and my armor's really, really good. Um, and I think you started as a thief or something, a prisoner. But a prisoner. Can I quickly go back to something yes. you mentioned uh, there because I just kind of want to pick it apart, and I also think this is where this becomes an episode of the wind up and not just an <laughs> Elden Ring loving because you mentioned obviously the the torrent combat, and while I think you know torrent has a great design, love this horse with a little uh, little little goat, little, eh? little, little, little horns coming out of its uh-huh. head, um, and I think it feels really well to like move around with, jump around with, like it feels very intuitive. It's the combat itself that uh, has been lacking in a way for me. I don't necessarily like doing the horse combat. Really? I think it's fine, and I think oh, the I spectacle it. is quite good, especially when you're fighting those big enemies. You know, like the dragon mm. when that comes in, the music swells, awesome, but it does feel like a bit basic and a bit boring in a way that I think the regular combat isn't. So if I do see a group of enemies, unless I kind of want to just tool on them, I'm kind of getting off my horse and sort of approaching Ah. it like that. To throw into that pool, um, it's worth knowing that a lot of abilities, special abilities, the Ash of War abilities, they work on horseback. Yeah. So like, um, it depends what it is, but all the, all the ranged ones do. Um, you can also like throw the Kukri um, throwing knives and stuff. Um, there's charge attacks, there's basic attacks. I know, I know you know this, but like in terms of anyone listening to it, um, I love combining all those things together. It, for me, it just gets a bit gamey, but at the same, like in terms of, you know, you can glitch some fights and double jump out the way and stuff, but they know what they're doing. Like there's a weird thing to very quickly mention that castle area um, where they need you to jump on the side of a building and like edge along the walkway yeah. and then jump off again. I'm like, that's so souls. Yeah. Like to break <laughs> the level to get to the next area. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I see what you're doing. Um, which to feed that back into the torrent point, I, I think they want you to be futzing around with all that stuff and yes. have that push and pull of how easy it is to just cleave through a bunch of dudes. But I love the charge attack. I love that you drag your sword along the floor and then send dudes flying. Like I'm loving that Absolutely. stuff. That, that does slap. Like I said, you know, it's, it's not that I think it's bad. It's just uh, right now um, it's a bit like you said, repetitive and almost mm. cheesy in a way, and they definitely want you to feel powerful while on method, the horse. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a farming method, but I'm kind of like, I see how you're filling this open world in a way where you get a pocket of enemies, and it's like, yeah, I can tool on them mm. for a little bit. Anyway, yeah, going back to the character creator, in the character builds, that's been really fascinating, because I'm not sure about you, but when it comes to FromSoft games, when you can create your character, for me, I always like envision a backstory for them. So me, uh. I've gone for this little freak who... Uh, I was going to say you referred to it as a little freak. A little freak who is this prisoner uh, who has been kind What's of... What's their name? Is their name Little Freak? It's it's um, Antholm, I think. Okay. I was looking through um, a, a list of names and apparently that means That's like so Wrath cool. or something. Oh, okay. Wrath or something. And I thought it fit with the idea of someone potentially like coming back from the dead or like starting uh-huh. from the bottom and then becoming this Elden Lord. So I'm trying to spin a narrative in my own head of this prisoner <laughs> kind of going from nothing with this um, you know metal cast yeah. on, on her head going from there to trying to take on the Elden Lord. So that's where I am right now. But it's funny because... Um, this build starts with a, like a sorcery staff. Mm. You get this magic attack really early on that's really, really powerful. Now, Scott Telford, in previous Souls games, 
Dark Souls games, I never, ever used magic. Magic, really? I could pie off. I didn't like it. I thought it felt a little bit cheesy and too Ooh. easy. Uh, with this time, though, I'm embracing it a little more, and I'm mixing it in, mm. and I like it. The thing is, I, I will say the same thing. When I went through Dark Souls 1, I was just a melee. I'm nearly always just a melee tank build thing. I don't like using the big heavy weapons because you can't move around enough. I absolutely F fat rolling. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Like, give me mobility. If you can give me a cartwheel, I'll take it. Like, if you can get the low enough uh, weight thing. But same thing. I always favored melee for the longest time. Um, my original dude in Dark Souls, I learned how to throw a fireball, and that was it. Um, and then I did it. I did a new build, uh, going straight down the mage path, and that stuff's fun. I like summoning arrows and summoning like different things, and um, having like the greater soul arrows and things. And I, I wanted to do more of it in this because I was like, well, it's new technology, it's new hardware, it'll look gorgeous. Um, but at the same time, I was like, sheer reliability. I'm going to have to be able to get through these boss fights, and I don't want to regret it 50 hours in that I can't do some cool cleaving melee thing. So I ended up, um, I pick a samurai because I just default to anything Japan. If I give it any option. I'll take Japanese stuff. And I thought that was really cool. So my dude, um, it's like this like absolutely battered old warrior who's right. I put the age on max. Um, once I realized that you could milk the eyes out so they go all white, like Mortal Kombat characters, I was like, should I just make Scorpion? Like I actually, <laughs> I called him Hisashi. I was going to call him Hanzo Hisashi. And then I ended up being like, and I did this sort of lore in your head thing where I was like, maybe this is what Scorpion did in between tournaments. Right. Like he wandered off and he got lost in the lands between um, and he conquered all these different things. And then I was like, ah, it's too fan fiction-y. So like, no, nah, I'll go back and, um, I kept one of the eyes milky. I gave him some scars. Looked like a 90s villain or something. But I was like, it's cool. It's like a wizened old warrior who knows what he's doing. He can fight. Um, and it's this badass samurai. And I called him Daisuke. And I was like, that's cool. And um, so that's my dude. I'm just this like weird lost warrior who's like washed up on the, wherever, however you get there. You yeah. Know? But uh, that was my approach. I always go down the give me one eye scar thing. So that was fine. Well, this is cool, man. This is why I like about Elden Ring so much is that like it's an RPG in that sense, you know, mm. that you can build these characters and you can kind of role play as something or at least mm. make up a narrative in your head because, you know, there is a cool narrative at the heart of Elden Ring. There's a lot of really good lore. Oh, yeah. But you as a person, like that's almost like a blank slate and you can... Um, just like project whatever you want onto that character and I just think that really fits with how personalized this game feels you know mm. we mentioned it before like the the way you go through it is entirely your own it's, it's so player directed and I like that El every person's Elden Ring is slightly different mm. not only from the character but to their stories and what have you and that's just kind of like the uh, the cherry on top of this experience. That's exactly it. Well, it see, the cool. thing is, like, as I'm going through it, I'm looking forward to doing it again. Like, I, I want to play a mage and I want to like, flesh that whole side of things out because one thing to throw in is that I, I don't know if your class affects the weapon spawns. Like, it must do to some degree because I don't have a single... Like, I um, have learned two spells as my samurai and I, I don't have any way to actually use them. Like, I've um, I've talked to the cleric who... Right, you know, okay. I've got a healing spell and a, and a fire spell, but I can't use them. Um, and so very late last night in Amongst That Castle, I found this like pendant that would let me cast, but I don't have a high enough faith point because I haven't put any points into that. Yeah. So that's that whole thing. But like over time, I was going to say, I don't know if classes affect spawns, but I have found like two shields in 13 hours and I haven't found any staffs. I found one charm. Right. That let me use, you know, but even the charm was inside one of those stone sword dungeons where you have to use a specific key to get in. So it's almost like the game is telling me like you've picked a build that isn't magic at all. And you've picked a build that is more about dexterity and movement. It's not about tanking or blocking. So we're not going to spawn those things. Yeah. And I I, and I'm curious about that. I think it helps with the differentiability of the character classes, but at some point I'd love to throw a viable. Like it's, <laughs> I'm kind of just, I would love to have a, a heal on hand that isn't just the Estes flask or whatever the hell flask they're calling it now. Yeah, it's funny that because I'm drowning in shields. Really? At the I've got too many shields, but you'll Scott. need them if your character is more like defense lacking or whatever. Oh, 
Totally. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm welcoming them, but uh-huh. I've got too many because the, the, the good one that I'm still using and the best one, I got like second in right. the, the other five being useless. Because I've not found any rid of them. negate all damage. I've got, the highest I've got is like, I think 86 out of 100. So it's like okay. you're still absorbing 14% of every hit of physical damage anyway. But that that thing that you could like in old Souls games or, or Bloodborne or whatever, well, yeah, old Souls games, it was like, okay, just give me one good shield. Because yeah. like in terms of like utility, I need my block button to be a block. If I'm absorbing <laughs> hits, it's not, I'm not blocking. So like that was that's always my mentality. How do I find the full hundred block shield as fast as possible? And in this, you can't. Totally. I mean, uh, kind of like spinning off that into your previous comment about difficulty and mm. stuff. What I like about this, and um, between you know these builds, between being encouraged to you know go ranged or use magic or whatever, is it's kind of un- forcing you in a good way to unlearn the lone wolf mentality mm. that I think a lot of like original Dark Souls players, including myself, have where yeah. I kind of assume I have to take everything on my own and not get too uh, like good because I have something to prove where right. this is like, no, the fun is <laughs> in trying different things. It's in summoning. And I like the I addition to use your FP to kind of like summon in spirits. Like that's yes. awesome. Like in for the Godric fight, I found I found an NPC who said that they'd help me out. So I summoned them and then yeah. I also summoned uh, my spirits alongside the fight. That's so cool. there was like me with this NPC, me with these two lads that I summoned. We were all kind of like swarming him so cool. and fighting him. And I was like, that's something I wouldn't usually do in one of these games. But this time around, I've been encouraged to do it and I'd be, it's been very satisfying. Must have to address that mentality. There's something about Dark Souls that foster this idea that you have to do it all yourself because it's so brutal. And if it's a ga- test your gamer metal, it's an old school, you know, you've got like Nintendo hard adjacent, you've got to beat it yourself type thing. And I slogged through all FromSoft games myself. I started summoning in Demon Souls because I was I didn't like Demon Souls that much, but like Dark Souls wanted all of it myself, Ornstein and Smile, absolute torture. Like yeah. just over oh yeah, I'll beat it myself. This one, you know, those systems exist for a reason. And I've seen the the argument for, you know, the games are brutal because you're supposed to rely on others. It, it's literally the embodiment of the original Zelda f- tutorial phrase, you know, it's uh, it's not safe to go alone, or it's dangerous to go alone, take this. Like, take these people, take these weapons, t- figure it out and do it together. And going through stuff together, I have, like, lifetime memories of, like, the times I've summoned people in, um, and beating a boss collectively and everyone, like, emoji bowing to each other um, or, like, um, emoting to each other. And, like, those moments are brilliant. Like, I think that's why it's built in such a way. Um, I push back against, having now, having lived it for 10 years, I push back against that mentality um, that you should do everything yourself. I think yeah. Relying on others is the best thing about these games. Totally. Like, by a considerable margin. I mean, I, I wouldn't quite go there, Scott. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a big summoner Ooh. and big co op uh, player that you are, but I am starting to see I'm, the I'm light. I'm like an 80 20 split. Like, right. I, I'll give it a good go. And then after a while, like I, I learn the animations. I sort of look at, um, you know, what uh, opportunities I have to dodge. If something feels a bit BS y, a little bit from software, oh, it's a massive. Like, I I died. Something uh, hit past me and I just died on the spot. And I was like, oh, it's definitely still a from software game. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, well, the game's going to dick you over at every opportunity, so I'm going to dick it over too. Like, I'll give it a chance, yeah. or a, good, a, good, a damn good go, but after a while, it's just fun to summon in and, and have an actual fight uh, where you're all, like, sharing aggro, and I, I love that energy of, like, the boss turns to you, and you're yeah. like, oh my god, I've got to, I've got to like, yeah. like, fend it off for a little bit, and you're, like, waiting for your mate to, like, or whoever it is, to throw in another ability, and then it turns around to them, and you get a few hits in. I just love that back and forth. I think that's 
that's really, really fun. Um, I was something I was going to touch on, but I think before we started recording, you mentioned potentially wanting to mention some nitpicks, but I don't know if we've touched on them anyway in terms um, of the torrent stuff. Just just minor things. Like I think this game, like I said at the beginning, is is, is immaculate, but there are some kind of like minor minor issues that mm. I do kind of want to bring up. You know, you mentioned there, there's some of that FromSoft BS, <laughs> and I noticed that in the castle, especially. You know, the castle right. compared to the open world, much tighter corridors, much um, more claustrophobic. Weapons hitting off the wall, trying to hit yeah. something. And that was kind of the thing. I kept a few times there were a few enemies with spears that would just hit me through the walls, yes. and I was like, "This is this is classic FromSoft." There are some times where enemies will kind of lock onto you in a seemingly unfair way, but it's just <laughs> it's very like kind of like minor things. Um, and it, to be honest, the only reason I bring them up is because I think. Blue Point's Demon Souls has almost spoilt us in a way from what we should expect from from software mm. games in in terms of polish because you know you look at Demon Souls and graphically that is gorgeous oh, yeah, technically yeah. it is amazing and you go to this which you know has an unreal art style like an art style that I love mm. but you you do kind of have these technical issues at the frame rate at least on PlayStation 5 not being as solid it's as I jumpy, want yeah. it to be and you've kind of like just got some of those technical limitations of I know this game can't be compared to Demon's Souls because Demon's Souls is a PlayStation 5 exclusive built from the ground up to make the most mm. of that machine and this is releasing obviously on PS5 PS4 like five machines at a time no, but if we're talking um, UI issues or learning from past mistakes, I mean, there's stuff in here that was fixed in later Souls games that's yeah. now weird again. Like, you can't compare items when you're buying, or the AI's a bit naff. Or, totally. You know. I think you mentioned before um, we started recording, you know, like doing backstabs, stealth attacks, uh, where you don't really know if, if it's an enemy that can take a stealth attack, mm. or whether it's going to be a critical hit, or whether you're just going to hit them, and that kind of has to be a trial and error thing. Like, there was a, a mini-boss that I stumbled across last, ta- last, last night mm. who uh, kind of, like, walks towards a chest and you can go behind them and I was like I'm going to wreck him you know right. it's going to be great and I went to do the stealth attack and it just like pinged off him. and I was like oh no <laughs> I'm not prepared to deal Guess with this fight after then. that yeah it's just like very small things I don't think it drags the game down too much but obviously you know you're going to be things to be aware of mm. things that could be patched out I think that's why I bring them up because it feels like fixable things fixable well, the thing issues is, with all that stuff I think it's intentional at this point I think they okay. want you to have a Dark Souls experience and some of that comes with putting up with some weird glitchy stuff Yeah, like, and it's weird I don't fully think that it's right but I, I the, the design team saw this stuff they have they, they must have done some of these devs have been working on these games for the last 10 years and they know the complaints they know the way they build the geo meshes of the world they're allowing for these different weapons to go through parts of the environment they know what they're doing and I think some of it is to give you a cheap BS death because yeah. that's Dark Souls like I remember when um, Blight Town was going to get fixed obviously the PC version was always fixed but in the remaster um, Blight Town infamous area in the original Dark Souls literally 12 frames a second <laughs> if that um, single digits for the most part um, and I remember when that was getting remastered and there was a lot of people just saying well it's not going to be Dark Souls then because all the rest of us slogged through that area and that's Dark Souls and I I was one of those people yeah. like, I, if you're playing Dark Souls you should play the original Dark Souls. <laughs> that's Dark Souls. No. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned though, because even Blue Point, who did the Demon Souls um remake, kind of mentioned that, and I think it was the in the No Clip documentary mm. where they're talking about, you know, they, they want to fix it up, but they don't want to fix it up to the point where you lose those quirks that made uh, <laughs> which people is crazy, so fond really, about yeah. it to begin with, which is crazy. For me, the only thing I do want to see improvements of is the frame rate, because every time I'm playing this, I'm almost thinking like I can't wait to play it again with mm. a solid 60. Yeah, and that's the that. only thing thing that's taken me out of the world. Everything else is pristine, but I am thinking that when it stutters a little bit or mm. where it kind of feels a little bit juddery, I'm thinking someone getting a full 60 on this, a solid 60 on this, is having the best version of oh, it. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, they've been on it. They patched it again on Sunday, but it was only to a 
address the fact that the PS5 version was crashing, which that would be horrible if you're in the middle of one of those harder areas and you lose everything. God, yeah. Um, yeah, they patched that stuff out. I think they'll have a frame rate patch pretty soon. Um, but yeah, for me, it's only been uh, hitching a bit when you summon torrent. Depends where you are when you do it. But for the most part, I mean, I'm, I'm on I'm on favor frame rate anyway, um, which is according to Digital Foundry, it's between 45 and 60 is the overall bracket. Whereas on favor quality, it can go between uh, 30 and 45 or something. It's a little bit less. But overall, the vast majority of stuff totally lines up. It's a shame that people are having some performance issues, but you'd have to hope it gets fixed as soon as possible. Um, but overall, yeah, Elden Ring, incredible. Very, I think it. I think it lives up to the hype. I think it's like the most I've enjoyed a FromSoft game, um, like overall, maybe since the original Dark Souls. Like yeah. I got through Bloodborne, I got through Sekiro, and I like Sekiro. But um, there's something about this that feels like like where things could have gone after the original Dark Souls, and there's a real special quality to that. I'm excited to see where I come down in it because I think I liked those other games more than you. Mm. Like for me, Bloodborne and Dark Souls are some of my favorite, like the original Dark Souls, mm-hmm. are two of my favorite games of all time. Like they'll be in the top 10. Like I right. love Bloodborne to death. Wouldn't talk <laughs> about it all the time. Sekiro I love as well. You know, Dark Souls 3 is really good. So playing this, um, I know it's great, but I'm just interested to see when the dust has settled mm. where I'm going to rank it within the pantheon of FromSoft games because to me, like they don't miss. Like they, they no. are some of the highest quality developers that you can get releasing some of the highest quality games. Mm. And this is one of those, but I'm excited to see if it tops the rest or comes close to top of yeah, the Yeah, honestly, like, you know, you are seeing, like, you, Josh, or anyone <laughs> is seeing one of the greatest streaks in gaming history unfolding right now. Yeah. Like, they, they are on a form of their lives to the point where, like, like Rockstar were in the 2000s. Like, this is them writing gaming history. They'll fall off at some point, like, yeah. assumedly. But, like, there's not an inch of what feels like studio interference in this. It feels like exactly what they wanted to make um, with some of the issues in there, some of the gl- uh, glitches and stuff in terms of, you know, geomesh stuff or whatever. But it, it feels uncompromising, and I love that about it. I love that they're just, like, they're just going full bore doing the right kind of thing uh, for what they want to do on a creative aspect and you see so little of that at this level um, Death Stranding was one of the last times that we saw that Yeah. Um, and so it's it's just fascinating on that level too but yeah I, I drink it in um, but yeah so we'll do um, another podcast on Wednesday I'm going to get get Jules in because he's been living on he's been living on it as well he's put about 20 hours in and he's already beat one boss so he's been off uh, gallivanting to the east and the south um, but yeah for now it's been the wind up I've been Scott Taylor joined by Josh Brown always a pleasure Scott Taylor always a pleasure to be heard by all of you and we'll catch you next time. Bye bye. bye, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.